0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy. And today we are talking to Kirill.
1: Kirill is an incredibly talented videographer and storyteller, born in Belarus but living in Miami, Florida at the moment. In this episode, we go through many things. We dive into his mindset. He's a very interesting guy with an incredible awareness and an incredible understanding about the world. He's both attracted by technology and spirituality, which usually conflicts and opposite each other. But through his businesses and passion, he's trying to bridge a gap between both areas. We also talk about his childhood in Belarus, his adaptation to the US when he moved there, going to college and stuff like that. A very interesting episode, diving into his very interesting mind, and we really hope you enjoy it.
0: Hello, Caril. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Hey guys,
1: thank you, Caril, for joining us. We're excited about learning about you and your story. Um, you are a very, very talented content creator. But also, I think your main talent, and we'll dive into it, is being an amazing storyteller, more than content creator maybe, because you can have all the videography skills that you want, but you know, it's all about sharing stories. And I think you have something special about the way you ask questions to your client, guest, and and, and you're an amazing storyteller. And, and I'm really excited to dive into this, really. Um, the first thing I would like to ask you is... Uh, When I was doing my little research before the episode, I went Mm -hmm. on Instagram, I clicked on the link in your bio, and on the top of the page, just under your picture, you have Mm -hmm. a message saying, I'm on a mission to unite the world. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about where this is coming from?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's coming from um, a long time searching for my purpose and really uh, bringing conscious, uh, awareness into this question of why am I here? Um, it was not clear for a really long time until at some point it finally started to make sense where, uh, you start to realize, uh, the, the path that you walked on thus far and, um, all of the, so basically it's like combining all of the experiences that you've had uh and then trying to summarize it in in one word and that word that came to me was unity um mm-hmm. you know um, i realized um fairly re- recently that since i was a kid i always um uh, found myself in between kind of polarities of things uh, let's say i would be friends with people who let's say might not be friends between each other But I would, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, find pleasure in communicating with both of them and I was able to do that often it's it's not easy to do because, you know, one person can say like, oh, you know, uh, you're like a traitor or something like you're you're friends with this person don't talk to me type thing, but I would always find ways how to stay neutral uh, and not really touch those sensitive topics uh, between those polarities and and I would find um, uh value in kind of being engaged with both parties and then later that also um uh, kind of uh, manifested itself not only through people as as two different polarities but also through concepts and ideas Uh, for example uh, the, the two big polarities that i'm a very i'm very uh passionate about is technology and spirituality um and mm-hmm. often those two things are completely separate and and um, uh, opposite right like the, uh, a spiritual community is usually against of like promoting uh using technology and becoming more technical like uh, yeah. th- as a tech society and then uh t- tech people are usually not very spiritual you know they, they yeah. don't really pay attention too much about that, that aspect and so I find a lot of value in exploring both domains uh, in depth as, as far as I can see. And then I'm also very, and, and the most exciting part for me is to find the bridge. I basically work as a bridge uh, so that the concept of unity comes from me uh, serving as a bridge between the, those disconnected uh, polarities of things, right? And that creates one cohesive organism uh, that That is united, you know?
1: That's actually a really good point. And I can 100% relate <laughs> to, to this example of tech versus spirituality. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been on a tech side for most of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything spiritual was weird crazy yeah. people believing yeah. weird things <laughs> that don't make any right. sense in my head yeah and and, and often moving...
2: you wouldn't even have an opinion about that like uh, i've uh, yeah. interacted with a lot of tech people they never even like have an opinion about that like they never true. even think about it you know
1: what i mean no, no yeah and and actually yes, yeah, moving to miami and and meeting people there uh, some mutual friends some you know through some events that we went to that i open my mind a little bit to this spiritual side. And I'm probably more mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the techie one, but I am way more open yeah. and aware of this other side and, and, and yeah, slowly learning more about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's uh, it's our responsibility for those who've uh, uh, kind of experienced both sides and have some overview of, of those things is to find ways how to merge the two. I, I think ultimately, Uh, all of us have to serve a a function of uniting as much as possible of things, people. Um, We are uh, as looking at an evolutionary kind of uh, process. uh, In order for us to move to the next level of human evolution, I truly believe that... it's 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 absolute requirement to first unite everyone to first mm-hmm. get everyone into a very uh, integrated cohesive system uh, that um, that allows information flow freely. It's basically if you have an analogy of a body, a physical body, uh, mm-hmm. we have cells uh, that have no problem communicating with with each other uh if there is some let's say uh you know a scar or something on the body the, the entire body is aware of it uh the the uh, immune system the, the whole nervous system is communicating very uh effectively uh to mm. to be able to um um, you know, uh, distribute resources, a uh, body resources uh, like the most effectively, right And so I see yeah. the exact same analogy with with our earth is this new organism that's that's been developing and and in fact I see, I see the internet being the new uh, neural network uh, that that uh, basically the communication network, uh, between the nodes, between the uh, uh, the smallest, um, let's say, like a cell. A human is like a cell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, yeah. In order, and so, the next layer of evolution, I see it being as a one new global um, uh, entity uh, that acts like uh, one organism. Uh, you know, and that's 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 the vision that I have for it.
0: Mm
1: this is very nice to hear in a world, especially at the moment yeah. where most media, most a lot of messages that we hear about are about division. Uh, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the things that we hear about or read about is pointing at the differences between us and and, and them, whether the two groups is. Yeah. And, and hearing you talking about unity this way is really refreshing and, and really nice to hear, to be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know, in the process of evolution, in evolution, there are inherently um, mistakes that needs to be made, right? Like, um, yeah. we can't, by, by basically making mistakes, we're learning what serves us. Um, uh, the um, uh, mutation of the gene, right, it basically creates... All kinds of permutation and, and variations of the of the gene mutation, and then only the ones that you know sustainable will stay around. The rest will just you know be uh, will disappear. and And I feel like uh, that's what we've been going through. Also, uh, generally speaking, I think humanity is in a much better place. Um, meaning, uh, there's much less conflict uh, in the percentage. I mean, yes, we have a some such much bigger population so on the you know like one one-to-one basis we probably do have a lot of types of conflicts but then the percentage-wise it's certainly been decreasing and there's certainly been more cohesiveness and i think the internet is playing a big role in uh having that uh, more of a global mind We're, we still have a long way to go but the, it's certainly been the case and so uh, i think it's just our job Is to bring awareness into those areas that don't uh, clearly don't work. Those areas that separate humans, Uh, let's say politics or media, Mm -hmm. current media. That they all have um, um, uh, what's what's it called? Um, Like incentives or their own uh, agenda. Yeah. Mm To and so those are basically some externalities of. of a uh, of kind of a consumerism, uh, West, like, I mean Western world, ha- kind of embracing embracing that model the most. Uh, there are a lot of great positive things about capitalism, but there are also things like this. Uh, there, those are negative externalities that no one have accounted uh, for before we started like really going that route. And so it's it's responsibility of our generation to steer that ship uh, and that ship has a lot of momentum and a lot of inertia uh, that we need to consistently pushing it to, into the direction that we think it needs to go because otherwise it's just gonna go on its own. No one is in charge where that ship is going. There are some uh, players that think they have some control but, but actually, it's, it's just one large uh, like, like, uh, unconscious uh, process that's just uh, moving into, into the direction that no one ha- have predicted. And, and so bringing more awareness into, into where it's going uh, increases the, change, the chances of us to, uh, to stay around as human beings, right? Because if we don't, then we're going to just get extinct. And that's fine for the Earth. Uh, yeah. For for us, it's too bad. But we certainly don't want to go that route.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: To dive into now your personal story. Yeah. Um, you now live in the US, but you were actually born in Belarus. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us about your origin country? Um, I don't know much honestly, about Belarus. Rosie was saying that yeah. as well just before we started recording. Yeah. And yeah, so could you give us a little glimpse of how was your childhood yeah. over there?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Belarus is a, is a post-Soviet Union country. Um, it's basically, after the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, it was one of the countries that separated from Soviet Union in 1991. Uh, and uh, the childhood uh, basically was a pretty... Uh, I mean, when you're a child and when you're in it, you don't really know what to compare it with, especially when yeah. you have internet or things like yeah. that. So you don't feel like, oh, you're struggling or uh, the life is terrible or something like that. Uh, but there, looking back, it was certainly a rough time for people of, of that time in that place. Uh, there was uh, an enormous amount of shortage of people uh, Of of pretty much everything, food uh, mainly, uh, where you know people had to have some kind of allowance uh, that the government would would give them to buy, let's say, certain amount of uh, uh, produce, certain amount of, let's say, rice or like potatoes or something, and um, so I remember actually, um, I think you would like this story, uh, where when I was a kid. So they would basically have an allowance of, depending on what it what it was. There was more shortage of some things than others. So let's say, I don't, I don't exactly remember what was the most shortage of, but let's say, um, in order to buy sugar, uh, uh, they would give you an allowance depending on how many people per family you would have. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. you know. Um, and so I remember we were at a store and uh, waiting in line for something with my mom. And uh, that line was fairly short, shorter compared to this other line that was really long. And and from what I realized, um, we already at some point waited in that line for whatever they were trying to buy, uh, like a few days before. So we didn't have to buy that part thing. And then we mm-hmm. we were just waiting for something else. And there was this uh str- like late a stranger lady just came up to my mom. And she was like, can I borrow your son to buy basically a little bit more of that product, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, my mom, you know, with understanding, she was like, yeah, sure. Like, uh, you, can, you can, you know. And so basically, I was like standing to this strange lady, stranger lady, uh, kind of cl- like kind of confused of like, why am I doing this? Like, how come my mm-hmm. mom gave me a way to this, even though my mom's standing over there, uh, like right next to me, and then now I have to wait in line with this lady, um, like it was completely confusing to me. Um, But that that was kind of the... uh, I mean, that just gives you a good glimpse of uh, the type of reality we were living. And most people uh, would have, even though we lived in the apartment in the city, uh, all people would have a piece of land somewhere nearby where they would grow their own food because they couldn't afford not not only could they afford but there was just a shortage of food even to buy right and Mm -hmm. so um growing up i would basically um uh, be be always helping my parents to go over the weekend because during the week they would work a lot and then um um, over the weekend or after work sometimes uh, you would go and uh, uh, work on the land uh, to like make sure your your uh, your food is growing uh, to water it or to like irrigate, I don't know, like irrigate it uh, and stuff. Uh, and that's why farming for me, to be honest, is something um, uh, non desirable. Uh, like I, I don't, I, I was always repelled by uh, that type of uh, like work because it would yeah. take away some of my freedom. So imagine I'm in school like during the week and then I want to go hang out with my friends over the weekend, but I have to like go and have my parents type thing. Mm. Um, and so I, I, you know, I've certainly, I certainly know a, a, a great deal about how, like how to grow stuff, but I, I since, <laughs> since my childhood, I never wanted to even get close to, to that thing, you know?
1: That's really interesting you say that. Uh, sorry. Yeah.
2: It's.
1: That show is all about perspective because um, I spent a lot of time in the garden with my grandparents. But that was my leisure time. That was my afternoon mm-hmm. when you we were at school. I was just hanging out yeah. with my grandparents, and it was there. and yeah. It was just the happy place where I was just playing and it eating a a sandwiches. And... No, yeah, and it's no, it's interesting yeah. how the, the same activity, uh, yeah. you know, as an adult now, is bringing a totally different vibe and energy yeah. to you just because of the different perspective that we had exactly. this time uh it's really
2: exactly mm. yeah really uh your perspective really defines your um experience yeah mm.
0: what about in terms For of sure. schooling i have no idea about if schools are good in belarus did you learn english there or did you learn english afterwards like
2: anything yeah. about education
0: uh, there i don't know anything
2: sure you know i think education there is pretty solid especially um uh things like mathematics or physics or science like sciences are really mm-hmm. strong because mm. you know I, I i was studying here after and i i would uh realize that the level of education so i went to city college at first in, in the states when i moved here and then i went to the university so at city college you would have to take like calculus and other classes like that uh and for me they were just like so easy like it was just uh um I didn't have to even do like homework really like it was just uh a straightforward and i saw how much people were kind of struggling with, with with those sciences uh english-wise though um i definitely didn't have much experience and much practice in fact i feel like my english teacher um kind of almost like gave up on my ability to learn the language i was mm. a fairly slow Um, so i was actually a very slow student i was one of the slowest reader like i could read very very slowly Mm. and um so things like uh literature and history where you had to read a lot i was just i was really not good at those Mm. subjects uh but things like mathematics where you don't really have to read it it was just like a slow thinking to get to the right um thing it was um I, i was i was excelling in those in those things but generally speaking i think um education there is is really good like world-class i would say i mean certainly um uh, some of the uh topics and subjects are outdated um and maybe not as relevant uh but mm-hmm. uh in but level of like um discipline and level of uh, preparation like basically they have a good system to uh exercise your your mind uh yeah. it would be helpful to also uh, not just use old-school uh, information uh, to exercise your mind with uh, but at least uh, you know they, they certainly give and also um, uh, the system basically I don't know if forcing the right word but it's basically um, I guess for the better word I'm I, I, I can't come up with a better word it's forcing pretty much everyone to stay, uh, above a certain threshold. Uh, Mm. if you, if you, um, struggling with something, um, you are not like directly somebody going to go and tell you, but the way the system work, like organized that you're, you're almost like forced to, um, to get much better at whatever you like struggling with uh to to uh, to get like a a decent uh, to a decent level in america for example i i didn't feel i didn't feel that um incentive by the system like if you're doing great uh i mean yeah so it's it's easier to stay behind in the states for example it's easier to just get lost and be forgotten. Uh, in Belarus, I think it's uh, the communistic mentality where everyone is kind of together. There's certainly benefits of uh, of of a socialistic society. Uh, in fact, I feel like the the future society is going to be more um, uh, socialistic. Including is that if that's even a word, socialistic. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Uh,
0: Sounds right.
2: I know
1: what you mean. Yeah. I, I don't know to be honest, but yeah.
2: I would say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we just have to modify that, that version of it and incorporate uh, more modern uh, democratic ways of interacting and, uh, and also incorporating technology. And uh, in communism, it didn't work because uh, the information was just trickling down from the top uh, and then you, know, you can't really control, you can't really make that work uh, because you don't really know what happens on the ground. But Mm -hmm. once you organize yourself in, like, small communities uh, and there's a free flow of information, um, then that system, I believe, could could potentially work.
0: Mm.
1: So what gave you the opportunity and also where did the motivation come from to move to the U.S. and to San Francisco?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at some point, uh, I got introduced to this, uh, uh, like, European student organization, um, which actually was founded in France. Um, It's called AEGEE, I forget the association of something, something. I forget forget the exact name for it, but I can probably look it up later. Um, And uh, so with that, um, we would organize uh, what's called like a summer university. Uh, programs for students from uh, different European cities to visit other European cities. And, and we had one of the chapters, basically, in Belarus, uh, where we would have, um, you know, st- students of different countries uh, visiting Belarus. And that was my exposure to the Western people, Western mentality and stuff. And I knew that I, I certainly um, uh, resonate with, with with that type of uh, mentality. And I uh, envisioned myself to certainly, uh, you know, be, be much closer to, to that type of lifestyle that, that they were having. And I knew that uh, Belarus is not the place where I want to spend the rest of my life, basically. And then uh, l- later, at some point, I had a, an opportunity. First, actually, I'm, I had an opportunity to move to England. Um, and, and so I, s- I stayed there for just a summer, um, before coming to the States, I was kind of like testing things out and see where would I like to, uh, grow my roots and stuff. And then, um, that, um, I had a certain kind of, uh, ex- feelings about not pursuing England. I, I, I didn't actually, fe- uh, I didn't feel welcomed as an immigrant, as, as the person that comes, uh, to compete, uh, for labor on their market because, um, I mean, um, yeah, so they basically, uh, I, I really felt like they are, uh, what's the word, prioritizing uh, their own, which makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, America is just a completely different story. Uh, everyone is an immigrant that has a different, very different history. And then here, uh, they don't really care where you're from. Uh, they care about uh, how much you, you get to contribute to whatever everyone is doing. Um, and so I really resonated with that type of uh Way of, of of you know doing things, um, and yeah, it's
0: interesting to hear that from like a foreigner's perspective because there is that thing in England about the Polish coming over and stealing all our jobs. Like, there's that like yeah. that you hear about it, and then actually to hear it from your side, like that you felt that as well. No, not mm-hmm. Polish, but the same sort of sentiment and feeling. And I'm really sorry that my country did does that and
2: did that no it's... yeah yeah no but look no one no one uh, no one is guilty for it to, to be honest it's just yeah, uh, it's... If, if you look at it from a macro perspective a country is like its own um organism right uh it's so it's it's a it's a conceptual like organism that just it's like a hive uh, that mm. has its own uh, uh patterns of behavior uh, mm-hmm. And it has its own interests, um, and humans are just playing the the part. Like they're they're just a part of that collective mind in a way. Um, yeah, and so he, all humans are. You know, I I have no doubt that without traumas and and without um, like sufferings that people go through, everyone is a really good person. Uh, mm, it's yeah. it's just those uh, harmful experiences that sometimes um, uh, kind of. Um, um what's the word like they um uh, almost like pollute someone's mind or a, de- a delusion people are becoming de- delusional about the reality once they go through a particular experience they think that reality works this way if for mm. example somebody grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a in an environment with a lot of uh, suffering or a lot of violence or something like that they just embrace that type of uh reality and think that that's the only version of it um, yeah. but But ultimately, they're just um, like a reflection of the experiences that they went through. So yeah, there's absolutely no, I I know that everyone is doing their best at whatever their like opportunities that they've been presented. Uh, Even if somebody consciously, let's say, they realize that it's it's a shitty thing to do to uh, push away immigrants, and they do it, I think they do it for uh, unconscious reasons, like, some kind of fear uh, underlying, uh, limited beliefs of some sort. Um, yeah. and, and, th- and that's not, I, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily, uh, say that those parts is really them, you know, it was mm. like almost like inherited, uh, what's really them is, is the, that conscious part of them.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a very mature and, um, it's a nice way of looking at it basically <laughs> yeah. it's a nice way to see people and to understand that it's not them that's doing these things it's kind of unconscious things that have happened that makes people react certain ways to certain people in situations and yeah. very understanding that's the word understanding
2: yeah it's it's uh, it's much easier to live your life uh, with that type of mentality I've noticed from my personal experience um you know everything knowing that everyone is doing their best at every moment in time no considering that everyone is carrying uh some amount of weight uh that's rooted in their you know childhood trauma or uh, some kind of uh, cultural traumas or you know um, limited beliefs of some sort uh, considering that uh, we are doing our best with what we've got, basically, with the, the level of awareness that we have. Um, yeah, so that just gives you more compassion. And, and that's a mental tool uh, that I promote uh, because that promotes more unity, right? Like when, when you know that everyone is doing their best, um, y- you, you understand them much more and, and there's more connection that's been created uh, in, as a result.
0: It's also healthy for you and your mental health if you're not carrying around anger and hatred and things for other yeah. people who have maybe done you wrong, if you just f- yes. forgive them and whatever. It's Anyway, coming yes. back to you again, sorry. <laughs> so yes. how old were you when you moved to the States?
2: Yeah, I was 21. I was 21 okay. years old. It was 2008. Uh, I am 33, 34, I forget. <laughs> uh, 80, 87. I was born in 87. How, how old is that? Is that... that how old 64. are you then? 34, here we go.
0: 34,
2: yeah. 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 Uh, I, you know, yeah, the number now, I mean, I'll probably remember when I turned 40. Uh, <laughs> like somewhere in between, it's kind of like, uh, whatever.
0: Uh, <laughs> it really doesn't I'm, matter, though, does it? It's just, like yeah. right, they say, it's just a number.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more uh, d- defining myself by how close I am to uh, that perfect uh, kind of vision of uh, how I would like to live my life. Mm -hmm. um that's more valuable for me to kind of just see myself on that on that path and and not really like attaching myself not really have the expectation and then have um um how do you call it like a you know if you don't get there you you feel um you don't feel good about yourself disappointed disappointed. Yeah. yeah exactly i don't I mean, again, like I truly incorporated this belief of doing my best into my operating system that's been totally serving me. Anything that I do that could be done better, I just acknowledge it. And uh, next time I have the opportunity, I will do my best to make it better. You know what I mean?
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: How was it moving from Belarus to the States? Like in terms of culture, food, um, people, mindset? everything what was what were the kind of main differences that you found
2: yeah um moving was uh exciting and it was not hard at all like for me uh, i know that some people are going through a very um drastic cultural kind of transition um Mm. that they have to do a lot of adjustment i feel like uh, uh being part of that organization that i mentioned earlier uh, helped me to really already prepare myself for um, a different way of thinking, because not only did I organize um, some of those summer universities in Belarus, I had an opportunity to travel a few times in 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 in, in uh, different like Netherlands. I was in the Netherlands and Turkey, and uh, uh, there was another something. So basically, I had more exposure to, uh, in in some years. Uh, to that mentality and uh, that also helped me to um, practice speaking even though my English was pretty poor uh, I was already able to like explain myself I wasn't afraid to like go go, go out there and to try to like communicate something so that uh, I certainly had an advantage like comparing to some of my peers who uh, went through a similar transition moving from Belarus to the States uh, it was um, it was a little harder for for some to kind of get used to a, a completely new way of of living your life. Um, mm. So so yeah, you know, for for me it was a fairly easy transition, and uh, I was uh, I had no problem doing whatever it takes to uh, to get to where I want to go. So for example, my first job was a dishwasher, you know, at a restaurant, and I totally didn't feel bad for myself to like mm. start from like the bottom of uh, of the of the ladder um i knew that it's a temporary tra- transitional stage uh that i'm gonna pass uh, fairly quickly and that's exactly what happened you know i started uh then at the same restaurant helping um cook uh to like prep vegetables uh, so i was a prep cook for a few months and then uh, after that or actually for like a month uh, because basically my American story started from uh, uh, North Carolina, this small little uh, town called Kill Devil Hills in, in Otter Banks in North Carolina. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I started working as a dishwasher. And then a month later, I was promoted to a prep cook. Um, and then I was like learning as far as I could, as I could working over time and just uh, uh, absorbing all of the American experience. It was just fun for me, actually. I didn't really feel mm-hmm. like... I'm like overworked even even though I was like working crazy hours and I had to bike to work for like 30 minutes and stuff. Uh it was it was still a really fun great experience for me and then uh the last month I was actually on the line making dishes with the chef. Uh so that was kind of cool and then uh after that I decided to um uh, try something different because it was a small little town. Uh, like a tourist to town and kind of in the middle of nowhere during especially during winter there's nothing yeah. uh, to do there because um, it's colder uh, and no tourists are there no work no, not much work is there basically and um, I decided to move to San Francisco because I had another friend of mine who was living there already from my hometown uh, who helped me out with just finding uh, cheap rent and then uh, kind of direct me like where to look for jobs and stuff. Um, and so that, that was, uh, that's how I uh, moved to the States and then moved to San Francisco Bay area. And then, um, uh, and then basically started uh, working at this restaurant also because I already had experience working at a restaurant, you know, I had to like exaggerate a little bit instead of, um, a one month working as a, as a, you know, a chef or whatever, uh, I had to like exaggerate it by a factor of ten, maybe, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Everyone um, does it. Yeah, but yeah. So and then I started uh, going into community college, taking classes at City College of San Francisco. Uh, at some point, I actually had like two two jobs. I was um, I was in transition basically. I, I had a, a security op- security officer at a, like a financial op- uh, financial building, sitting at a lobby. And then just uh, watching cameras and making sure nothing goes wrong, type thing. It was like a perfect job for being while being a student because uh, you yeah. can like literally study. and And I would work graveyard shifts because uh, those were the only ones available for those who are just kind of starting out without experience. Yeah. Um, and so I remember like there were a few months pretty pretty brutal. I would uh, uh, work the night shift at a at a, um, uh, at my security job. Then after that, I would go to the restaurant, do the pool shift at a restaurant, and then I would go to college to take some classes. After and then I would go to sleep. I was like, "Fuck, what? What did I get myself into?" Oh my you know. God. But yeah, that was like just a kind of in transition as I was um, leaving the restaurant. I had to like, uh, I couldn't just like completely stop there. But um, yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, to do that. Yeah. So and then and I guess I, I can finish uh, a little bit or like bring you up to to now yeah. um after that i so i finished so as, as i was going to com- community college i found a few people who were preparing themselves to go to prestigious schools like uh, uc berkeley or stanford and and i realized that it's actually possible uh the chances are it's fairly small like a very small number of people get it but it's possible, you know? Mm. And, uh, I was like, if it's possible, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I mean, even though th- this possible often is in our head, uh, b- but, um, but still that certainly helped me to get more certainty in, in that path. Uh, and I started kind of getting, getting ready to apply for, uh, uh like prestigious university. I didn't want to go to just, uh, any university. I wanted to go to uh, a really good one. UC, uh, so the UC Berkeley was the the one that I only applied for. Um, I did, actually, I didn't apply to any other schools, but UC Berkeley. Yeah, I and I knew that. that, you know, the chances are pretty small. And if I don't get it, I'll figure something out. I wasn't like worried about not getting in. And, and like my, my life is completely ruined. I knew that yeah. I would figure something else out. You know, in fact, most of my friends who moved to the States, they didn't really go to university. They, uh, a lot of them like started businesses and stuff. Uh, and they're doing great now, you know, like everyone is fairly successful. So it wasn't like a concern for me, but it was uh, a desirable path um, that luckily I got accepted to UC Berkeley. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I had pretty much the lowest GPA out of uh, all of the candidates, I would probably say. I mean, it was not like the lowest, I, I mean, meaning the the GPA was still about, um, what's the highest? Four? Four, right? I four yeah, all yeah, films, or- I really don't know. <laughs> Crazy crazy, I already kind of forgot. So mine was probably like 3.6. I mean, it was still pretty high. Uh but to go into like um uh pre- like a business school that I, that I that I was applying for, um often people would have like 4.0 like a perfect GPA. They would yeah. get um. all A's and all subjects basically. But what helped me out a lot is um is the uh my story, my uh, basically, part of uh, GPA is one of the variables they, they consider to to accept you to the university. But then your personal story, your con- contribution to community, uh, there are different vari- other factors that uh, play a role into the acceptance uh, rates and stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I got accepted. And then uh, after that, uh, so that was a great experience also going through American school and really understanding the culture from within, I think. Going yeah. through school in general in any country gives you a different, a, a much deeper understanding of culture. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: And what did you yeah, study like there?
2: Business instead of business.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I, then I worked uh, in consulting for uh, Big Four for Deloitte uh, for a few years uh, for technology consulting. Um, that was also a really cool experience where I would travel to different cool places and then, um, uh, d- did a little bit of, uh, international uh, travel also like, uh, one experience that was kind of cool. They flew me to, um, Barcelona for this, um, uh, IOT, internet of things conference, uh, like business class and like staying on nice hotels and, uh, nice. and that wasn't even like work work. It was, um, I was basically part of this, uh, new emerging, team that was focusing on iot solutions and Mm -hmm. um we were basically just educating ourselves and and building the capability from ground up and i was one of the uh, people that they were training uh, to like expand their um expand their practice and so um for for a decent amount of time i was uh i was not on client work of any kind i was just internal going to different conferences and different trainings and i was like wow that's amazing you know <laughs> yeah that was a great Can I ask a question yeah. was it yeah
0: bit, like hearing about your background in Belarus where you know you were temporarily given to another woman so that she could get enough food and
2: mm-hmm.
0: having those struggles to then flying yeah. business class yeah across right well to Barcelona <laughs> like that must have been a bit of a like wow moment right because yeah
2: yeah, I mean, as it hap- happens, uh, sometimes right in the uh, moment you might forget to kind of remind yourself. But I yeah. remind myself quite often uh, about like you know everything that I've been able to uh, experience thus far. Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing ride, and and it's actually given me a lot of. Uh, I, I think it's it's such an advantage that I've uh, grew up in. in you know, kinda of not so favorable environment I was able to uh grow from that. Like nothing uh any kind of challenge for me is not really a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. something that I just have to resolve. Like it's it's just another little thing that it yeah, it's it's not a big deal basically. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Like in fact uh I would say I know that um it's a pretty common or popular belief that uh, in order for you to really strive and have a good life, you have to go through a lot of struggle. Um, mm-hmm. That hasn't been my case in like my my experience in life to be honest. Uh, yes, I went through I mean even like experiences that, that I mentioned to you about like working to two jobs and going to school and stuff. even in those moments, I didn't feel like I'm struggling. I was just like, yeah, that's something I have to do. Uh, no yeah. problems, and I would still like go out and stuff uh, when I could. Um uh, so, so for me, um, it, it's been a, a very pleasant and fun ride. I mean, certainly, there are bumps along the way, uh, but but uh, but yeah, it's um, it hasn't been, like I don't really have anxiety. I don't have any like suffering of any kind. Like I, I get uh, um, maybe sad once in a while, but I never really get depressed, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I, in fact, I've never experienced depression. Uh, I never experienced, uh, uh a moody, uh, um, the, I think the most challenging, in fact, uh, mental, um, space that I went through was during my transition from corporate into running my own business. It was like a lot of uncertainty and, the, yeah. the uh, financial uncertainty uh, that certainly was giving me a lot of uh, kind of uh, you know wor- worries, and uh, my heart like I, I wasn't in a in a kind of open hearted space for like some months basically. To while I was figuring it out, um, but yeah, that so far that was kind of the, the most challenging. And then uh, since then, it's been I mean it, before and after and during like it's been it's been pretty. Yeah, it's been pretty, like, easy. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I know that it triggers some people. Is like, oh, if it's easy, then you're not pushing yourself enough. Mm-hmm. I think I push myself a decent amount, uh, but I, I don't take it as, uh, as like, a painful process. Um, I take yeah. it as, like, uh, as just an experience.
0: Um, I think a lot know. of that is mindset. Completely. You know, you could you could have been like, oh, my God, I had to work two jobs and be a student and I didn't sleep. And, right. You know, poor sure. me, this happened, that happened. And then if yep. you see it as like actually, I was so lucky to have two jobs and to be able For to sure. study and like educate myself. Exactly. it's a completely different mindset that completely changes the way that you experience something. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But I want to know, go on, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: what was the motivation behind leaving your at the time very good job? Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure making a pretty decent, good amount of money to live what society class has a ha- happy, successful life. Uh, at a yeah. young age as well. Um, what was the motivation behind I'm going to leave this behind to actually pursue yeah. something else?
2: Yeah, that's just, uh, I was just taking on uh, a new challenge for myself. I knew that uh, there is more to life than uh, a safe, predictable path in a um, uh, in a Western developed country. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that is a very desirable place for major i mean a lot of people in the world like everyone mm-hmm. would give up everything to have that type of experience uh but at the same time uh i was just looking at uh, maybe other people who are having even better experience like um i for whatever reason i would never settle for just good i would mm-hmm. i would always strive for for the best like for i would always go uh, to shoot for stars to like um uh, if, if I only have one life, why not to go all out basically and not stop along the way? Um, you know, that, that's basically the, the motivation to just, uh, experience life as fully as I possibly can. And, uh, after reaching the comfortable, predictable path in the corporate world, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not motivating to keep going that route, even though it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a comfortable, comfortable path.
0: I'm interested. Was it hard for your parents? Because you know, there's we can't. We've spoken to a couple of people that have had a similar thing where they have that you know the American dream and the good job and the good money, and mm-hmm. then they leave that to pursue their own passions. And sometimes parents are either really supportive or they find it hard because you're doing something that's not quite what they'd planned or it's not you know worry about the future. Were they okay with it? They support you or did they think it was silly that you were leaving the you know the corporate world and
2: right uh no i think um i gained a lot of um uh, respect and trust uh um much earlier even when i was studying in in, at the university in belarus where i left my hometown and uh went to study at the university there i was studying economics and like accounting uh like one of the top economic schools in, in in belarus um i think they were very supportive in anything that, that i'm doing um mm. you know uh, yeah so i didn't really get any type of oh you should stay here for example you shouldn't go to, to the states or um oh you're leaving your job uh why don't you just stay because it's a safe path um, they trusted my decision making basically yeah which is That's good, good. It's going to be Mm -hmm. their
0: support because I know it's not the same for everyone.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And then uh, sometimes uh, uh, if I'm right at the beginning of making like uh, maybe what could be considered a risky decision, I, I don't necessarily have to share that with them in that moment. I can share uh, a little bit down the line when it's a little bit more <laughs> yeah. pre- predictable. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some good advice I mean, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like you're adding extra stress for them, uh, yeah. potentially extra stress for yourself because now you're also feel, feeling responsible for not only yourself but also how they feel. Um, might as well just, just wait a little longer and uh, – and then just tell them once, uh, once you, yeah, in a better, a more kind of pretty yeah. stable, yeah. So that's that's been working for me. I, again, like it's it's a very uh, personal. Uh, uh, for some people, I feel like it really is a personal thing. Like some people mm-hmm. like to share that with their parents right away, and then that works for some. Uh, for me, I find that it's it's much easier to just. Uh, uh, not especially in the, in the um, kind of what could be considered a risky endeavor. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll share with them as as I'm not right when I'm stepping into the first like making mm. the first steps, and no one else kind of knows about them. But a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I am very impressed and um, by your level of self awareness. And mm. and the view you have on on life and on everything happening around you, um, is that something that you've been developing, uh, you know, uh, recently, long years, or have yeah. you always, in a sense, always had this mindset, even when you were younger, or like when? Yeah, yeah I'm very curious about that.
2: Yeah, um, I certainly find myself uh, often in moments of, um, of uh, stillness and, and, and contemplation and thinking. Uh, I spend a lot of time thinking um, or just being, just being in my own presence. Uh, that helps me to, um, to find the right direction or to sense the, the right direction. I'll, I'll give you a good example that makes sense for me. Uh, When you're on the highway uh, and you're moving really fast, your focus of attention is like this. You're just paying attention to a very narrow beam where you have to switch your lanes or something like that. And in fact, the faster you go, the more narrow that gets. And then the slower you go, the the wider your range of focus becomes, right? And when you stop, uh, hopefully not on the highway, just generally speaking, when you stop, then you have an opportunity to look 360 and you have an opportunity to assess all of the directions that you can go in 360, right? Uh, and so uh, giving yourself the time for stillness, uh, time to reassess uh, where you are, even though, you know, you might have set your mind on like going to to go to that goal, uh, you have to always adapt to new, uh, new information, basically. Uh, we always get, you know, the, the world is not static. It's always changing. And so we have to always be on the lookout for, uh, opportunities to adapt. Um, and so I feel like, um, uh, I'm, I've been really good at, uh, adapting, like I'm a fairly, very well adapted person, you know, adaptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I would define you as a storyteller. If anyone asks me, like what mm-hmm. Carol does, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, um, you have a company called Twenty Two Stories, and mm-hmm. you share stories through this business. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, how would you define what you do now and your business, and yeah, what?
2: You yeah, do? yeah. You know, actually, the Twenty Two Stories is more of a passion project uh, that I'm running. The, the company that the the actual business that I that I run is called Twenty Two Portraits, uh, which is also has this Twenty Two theme, and they're interrelated, connected. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, last uh, end of last year, I also started a new company with a partner, uh, which is called Capsule. Uh, and maybe I can guys tell you a little bit more about. Um, about that part. maybe I'll start by, by introducing to you this new um, studio ideas, studio setup that I've invented and in fact patented, uh, that allows to capture a conversation of two humans in the most authentic, natural human way where they look at each other they only see each other and at the same time as you're looking at your at each other you're looking straight into the camera that's that's not visible it's basically a mirror based system where you're looking at yourself through a mirror only you don't see each other directly uh and then behind that mirror is like a double-sided mirror there are two cameras pointing at two subjects that sit at like a 90 degree angle basically Mm -hmm. um and so i built a whole studio around this uh, this concept and then uh so i've been recording um different types of uh, conversation and then creating what I call video portraits for uh, people who would like to tell this, uh, the story of who they are, what they do and why they do it in a very authentic, open human way where, you know, um, I guide them, I, I give them questions, I create safe space for them to really feel natural. And it's certainly a big component like myself or someone like me is, a, is a, um, an important component that makes the whole system work. Uh, because yeah, sure. if you don't have that person that can create that space to who, who can receive, even that mirror-based system is not going to help you that much. You have to have um, that level of presence, that level of curiosity to ask really good questions and, and make them feel uh, understood or feel them uh, being seen and things like that. And so, um, so this new company that we started, it's called Capsule. Uh, we're utilizing this... Uh, innovative uh, way of capturing conversations uh, to help families to encapsulate their loved ones, uh, starting with their uh, uh, kind of a more uh, urgent uh, members that needs to be encapsulated in this beautiful way, starting with grandparents and people with terminal illnesses, to uh, really help them tell their story of who they are, what type of experiences they've had. Uh, And it's kind of like a you know, uh, talking to your grandma and, and, and recording it. Um, I've done it with my grandma, just with audio. Um, mm. you know, I, I knew that, uh, she's certainly not going to live forever and, um, uh, getting, uh, all of the stories and things uh, from her experience, uh, is very important because typically we have a very low fidelity and resolution of that types of knowledge that we pass through, um, through our ancestors, usually they're just passed through using air and language and just like communicating. No one really like writes it down or haven't been. Now it's, it's a little bit more so, but, uh, but before that's, and that's why we don't really know much about our ancestors, right? um, Because most of them were probably like illiterate or something like that. Certainly for for me, like most of uh, my um, ancestors come from like um, rural parts of uh, yeah. like 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 Eastern like Russian part there, there you know. Um, so a lot of the detail has certainly been lost. And so with this capsule um, idea, we will be interviewing a lot of older folks and helping them uh, tell tell their stories in, in this beautiful, um, visually appealing way, basically.
0: I was gonna say because I have think a here. Oh yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> yeah. but it's interesting because I think people often think, you know, oh, I'll just get a picture on my iPhone or a video on my iPhone. And mm-hmm. I was in the photography world and it was the same. It was mm-hmm. like, why would you pay a photographer when you can just take an iPhone picture? But right. the quality and especially with video, asking certain questions and like the way that you film the content, but also how you edit the content, because mm-hmm. you don't just have one camera pointing at the person, you have maybe two or three mm-hmm. different angles. And mm-hmm. the way that you edit it all together makes it so poetic and beautiful and yeah. engaging. And it's something- that Artistic, yeah, keep, it's a piece of art. Artistic, yeah. And they're going to yeah. keep it forever. And you know, once that person passes, you'll have sure. a really beautiful memory of them rather than like an iPhone video where there's not great lighting and, yeah. you know, something yeah. on in the background. And it's so important, like it's such a beautiful idea.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not uh, cameras. Are certainly everyone will have better and better cameras, and and we're not competing with. In fact, uh, uh, just the uh, quality of the the image. Uh, we're okay. more competing on the quality of the content. Uh, the human element is the most important. That's basically yeah. it's going to all come down to uh, the human element. In fact, the vision that I have, uh, at least uh, one of the versions, is to have. Uh, instead of even going to the studio, we will all at some point have some kind of device around us that can capture our 3D representation of us as if like a, an avatar, a photorealistic avatar that could be transplanted and placed in anywhere else mm-hmm. in, the, in the world. And you can have like a hologram of mm-hmm. another person that's, that's sitting right next to you and you can't tell visually the difference between the real one and the, the holographic one. Uh, at at that point uh you know you, you can't really compete with a quality like mm. the, the companies like Google and Apple will be working on those types of technologies we we're more focusing on the the, the human element yeah. uh bringing the the right people who can create spa- like safe spaces who can ask good questions who can uh, more of like a uh coaches type like those who understand human psychology and uh
1: um, you know th- 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 those qualities yeah you I really want to acknowledge that because I think you have a real talent to ask mm. questions and good questions and the way you yeah. ask them uh, mm. I think is it's just something that you have honestly and it's yeah. only one new on the planet and, mm-hmm. and I think yeah this is the magic ingredient in your in your yeah. in your company it's not the cameras it's not i mean the system is amazing but right you are exactly. the key to this system i think yeah I believe.
2: Or, or or i mean um, i i'm i'm just starting it as myself but uh, let's say my business partner he's in fact the one who is interviewing all of the grandparents because uh he is a professional coach he he trained coaches uh mm-hmm. and uh he is uh, an amazing space holder himself he has a uh, a great level of awareness. And uh, so just just inviting those types of people to impact the world in, in this way. So, you know, certainly. Is it
0: something that's available now for people to go ahead and book or is it something that's coming in the future or?
2: Um, pretty much next to, I mean, the website is up. You can see it at Your Capsule without the E at the end. Uh, yourcapsule.com uh, is okay. the, the website. Um, yeah, I mean uh, all of the bookings and like things like that. We're literally just connecting the website to the right services where they can click the button and then go through the whole process of booking it. For now, it's only available obviously in Miami because we're here locally. Yeah. Uh, but we are think uh, you know certainly planning to expand uh, to other geographies, and um, so that that will come in later. Uh, we'll be doing like a pop up um, uh, setups and like. Um, uh retirement homes and things like that where there's a high uh, density of of our uh client like custom perfect customers
1: yeah one of the way that you're also using your your system i'm gonna call it that you created Mm -hmm. is uh you regularly host events with Mm -hmm. 10 plus ish people uh, mm-hmm. Open-minded people usually to talk about different topic, and you film them, and you interact, and they have the opportunity to share your their stories and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. a few of our friends went to your events, and mm. yeah. we always very enjoy watching watching those videos because awesome. again the the way you present it, you present them and edit them is always a pleasure, even if we know the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, this is I really love the way you hold and create a space for everyone uh to to share the story and somehow you always find a way Mm -hmm. to get people being very vulnerable and raw and open yeah and again that's when the magic happened and yeah and yeah you you define it as an authentic story and it's, it's really true i think
2: yeah i think uh vulnerability is uh super important in uh creating deeper human connection. Um, that's where it really happens. Once we really expose our, uh, our sides that we usually hide because we don't want people to see them. Um, and, but those are the levels on which we connect deeply because all of us have those vulnerabilities. Uh, and until we really expose them and show, show people our true humanness, uh, it's it's harder to um to deeply connect and really understand that we are here on this journey together and we're all going through things uh challenging things and we should support each other and you know uh help each other in, in any way we can
1: i'm 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 going to throw a big cliche here and yeah. i really don't mean to offend anyone stuff but um mm-hmm. it's a question that came into my mind is I have, I'm going to speak about myself, I have this cliche of, you know, um, people coming from Eastern Europe, uh, Mm -hmm. Russia, or Eastern country, having the reputation of being quite cold Mm -hmm. people. uh, I I don't associate vulnerability and stuff like that to this culture. Yeah. And I don't know. The way you were brought up by your parents and maybe by you know your more your your dad and stuff like that were you mm-hmm. did you were you surrounded by vulnerable men around you? Were you encouraged to express emotion, or it was more like you know you're a boy, you're a man, you don't cry, stuff like that? I'm I'm curious to see where this is coming from.
2: Yeah, I I think it was uh, actually lack of uh, the, the the masculine energy that made me more uh, like possessing more feminine energy. My dad wasn't really around too much, um, you know. um, So I think uh, I I basically I was always surrounded by by women, by my sister, my mom, my cousins and stuff. Um, I think that probably played a role. Um, But also, you know, I was a pretty, I would say, fairly cold person also before moving to the States and really exploring uh, that other aspect of myself, and especially being married to a conscious partner who have um, a different type of, uh, uh, let's say, she grew up in in the states, and you know she's um, she's letting me see myself um, much better, and and uh, also being kind of um, tapped into community of conscious people allows, yeah. uh, allows you to see yourself in a much, uh, much more clear, um, you know, clear way. So basically every person works as a mirror. Uh, you walk around, uh, and then you've never seen your back because there was no mirror around and, and some people can, can let you feel as if you're like, you've never seen your tail or, so, or like some back part. You're like, oh wow, I'm like that too. Uh, so that's what, um, uh, uh, and then those moments usually come from, um during like challenging times where you're like triggered or uh there's some kind of emotional spike um because if everyone everything goes normal uh you you're not um activating those uh, kind of hidden aspects of yourself uh, only in in moments of uh some kind of uh struggle or something uh that you get to expose them and work through them. But the, the, the key here is to really work through them, not just to expose them and, and uh, press those buttons and then just explode and then not do anything about them, but really uh, consciously work through them. So I, every time uh, I get triggered by anything, uh, I always try to journal about it and really break it down and understand where this comes from. And like that, so that helps me to, uh, to improve. You
1: know, at the beginning, you, you were explaining how you were very good at being friends with different kinds of people. And mm-hmm. also, you were very good at navigating, I would call it, the spectrum between technology and spirituality. Yes. I feel from your background, uh, growing mm-hmm. up, you were more tech, science oriented. And, mm-hmm. and maybe along the way on your journey, you, you've been leaning towards the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that something, is that the case or the spirituality was there early on? Uh, when did the spirituality come into your life basically? I guess
2: my right. Yeah. I mean, you, you got it right. The first, uh, th- yeah. So basically I was very much, um, in, uh, operating from my head, from my rational, mind and just adapting to the environment based on what I see, what I hear, processing information. It, it wasn't really uh, through processing uh, experiences through my heart, per se. Uh, how did it all started? I think um, everything that comes into my life uh, happens very much gradually and, and very much uh, uh, without... Uh, um, without much pain or, so basically, or discomfort. Uh, so basically there's another, uh, another connection between this speed at which you're trying to create change or create, yeah, create change. Uh, it, it, it's directly tied to the level of discomfort that you will experience. Um, and so the faster you want it uh the more struggle you have to go through it's like um it's basically like a a thick honey um so it has a natural flow of let's say it's a cup of honey and then you uh uh, pour it out and it takes a really long time to start pouring and the consistency uh and just knowing that it's gonna it's gonna drip um that's the key but if you're starting to mess with it it's going to get just super messy all all around and, and you're not going with the natural flow of things um and so i forgot what i was going with It's like basically not for me oh yeah with the spirituality so it's yeah. I, I find myself often in in uh in the states of uh, moving slower than i would say an average i don't know what that average even mean uh, but I'm a fairly slow person when it comes down to, um, uh, new, uh, like adopting a new, uh, knowledge or like learning something new. Uh, for example, my wife, she's super fast. Uh, like she mm-hmm. played, that's why I don't like playing video games because it's all about like your response reaction. I'm very slow, like, uh, uh like that. I can't really make quick decisions like that, but, but my strength is in, uh, uh, like deep thinking and and making decisions that incorporate uh, many different aspects and variables and and um, taking my time to to drop into um, the intuition like uh, just um, you know uh, accessing that that part of me. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, certainly started from uh, being much more in my head and my um, kind of rational mind, and then. Um, uh, over the years uh, i 've noticed an emergence of this new me uh, that was uh, interested in exploring the uh, the spiritual aspects of myself more uh, a big uh, kind of uh, leapfrog jump uh into that direction was the ayahuasca a few ayahuasca ceremonies that i 've uh, mm. got to sit with in california uh, so that gave me uh, certainly a new a powerful perspective on my spirituality on my um yeah connection to the source and everyone being uh, part of part of that whole uh you know y- united uh organism yeah i don't know if that answers what your question No, you think does. it does yeah <laughs> it does yeah uh
1: thank you carol if mm-hmm. people would like to contact you just to say hi mm-hmm. or maybe dive into uh, your. Oh, by the way, why 22? Sorry. I was going to
0: ask that. That was going to be my mm-hmm. last question. Why 22? Where did that come
2: from? Yeah. Yeah. And that's especially um, a relevant question in 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, both, uh, it just happened to be, and in fact, that's the moment when I started paying closer attention to this number. Uh, when both my wife and I met, we discovered that both of us are born on the twenty second and uh you know of different months and then we started dating also on the twenty second uh, and then from there, uh, I kind of went with the theme of twenty second I proposed on the twenty second and we would get got married on the twenty second uh, and then when we moved to miami uh, from san francisco uh, from oakland area, we um, were just looking for a place to live we didn't really uh, certainly weren't having the 22 thing in mind we were just like looking for the optimal price uh, location type of situation and then we happened to be living on second Street in second avenue as our first place <laughs> when we were moving so the 22nd the 22 is just a, such a an important now uh, uh number that's a guiding light uh that, that i interpreted as uh um, just show me that I'm on the right track so anything that's related to 22 I'm paying closer attention uh, often when people mention 22 it's like okay I need to pay attention to what with whatever they're they're saying um, and that's why 22 stories, 22 portraits uh, all, all of the I have a bunch of other domain names uh, registered with 22 <laughs> to kind of see what maybe at some point I'll do some other projects uh, related okay. to 22 and then yeah this year is, is certainly our year for sure
0: did you do something special on the 22nd of February 2022 this year?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, um, uh, my wife and I took a day a day off and then we did a little microdosing, and we went to the zoo. Ah, oh, nice. That was a cool experience. Yeah, it was uh, just a really nice, pleasant day spending together, enjoying enjoying each other, enjoying the nature, uh, things like that, biking around. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm.
1: So I will make sure to link all your different Instagrams and stories and websites <laughs> stories in the sure. description and show notes so people can see your work and, and reach out to you. And, and also I will personally check out the, the capsule that I haven't seen yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty uh, yeah.
1: I've got one last question, question we ask everyone, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tweak it a little bit this time because of what you do. Usually we ask, uh, yeah our classic question is if you could have a conversation with anyone Mm -hmm. dead or alive Mm -hmm. that you think is the most interesting person, who would you pick and why? But with you, I would tweak it into who would be the most interesting person you would love to to have in your studio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have a clear answer. Um, Terrence McKenna is that person. If you haven't heard of Terrence McKenna, um definitely check check him out so he basically he was this uh, ethnobotanist um uh intellectual uh in uh, 80s or 90s i think he, he died in 90s or something uh and um he was a big uh, proponent of uh psychedelics uh conscious use of psychedelics uh psychedelic mushrooms and and other um and other plant medicines and uh he was very eloquent uh, with his language. In fact, when you're talking about, uh, psychedelic topics, uh, you have to be extremely precise with your language, because if you're not, then you're not getting anywhere. You're, you're talking about very abstract, complex, uh, you know, uh, conceptual structures, uh, that you have to be able to wrap your, your language around it. Um, in fact, uh, if you can't wrap your language around a concept, then you cannot comprehend it. It's 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 beyond your comprehension, uh, mm. and so he was extremely uh, good with uh, with his ability to communicate and wrap his language around uh, complex ideas and concepts. Mm. Yeah,
0: never heard that one before. No, thank you. It's interesting when we ask yeah. this because we always get different people every time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I've listened to hundreds of hours of his lectures. Uh, oh, it, his, um, his, uh, view ideas and views are certainly influencing the way, um, I think and the way I communicate mm-hmm. with others for sure.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, and you. he was, uh, it was certainly a big, a big a proponent of also. Uh, technology and spirituality actually he. Um, uh, mm. I think that's one of the also main reasons why I resonate with everything that he's saying he's a very kind of um, uh, um, or like a cohesive like so basically combining all of the things and not really disregarding yeah. any of them yeah mm.
0: Mm. well we'll have to have I'll a have look yeah, yeah. That sounds... yeah sounds interesting thank you so much for spending this time to talk to us and to share your story and to get to know you more um it's been brilliant thank you so much for taking the time
1: yeah thanks thank guys. You once again and thank you everyone for listening and watching this episode we hope you enjoyed it we hope you found value into it and we'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode as usual bye bye